Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I do want to just mention kind of where we're at for those of you who are guests here with us today. Uh, we just finished up a series called Stir, which was so, so good. Um, and so I want to encourage you, if you missed it, to go back and listen to it. Uh, in fact, if you didn't miss it, I would encourage you to go back and listen again. Uh, you can pick it up on our website. The reason why I say that is this is something that I believe God's doing in the congregation. And then there are specific places that we are told to stir ourselves. And so that's something good to be reminded about. So go back and listen to that on our website. In fact, I would encourage you to go back and listen to other messages as, as well. In fact, this week I really felt like I needed to encourage some people and I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit do, do it, that some people in here need to go back and listen to a series from 2017, beginning of 2017, called Meant for Good. That series was so, so good. It was just based on Joseph's life. And what it turned into, essentially, is the, I, I wasn't planning it, but it turned into, to me, the perfect Arminian response to a Calvinist approach of how God moves in this world. And it was so, so good, and, and it was effective, and I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Um, meant for good, check it out. I believe somebody needs to hear that. Go back and listen to it and, and let it speak to you. But last week we finished up STIR, so today we're starting something new. So this is a great point at which to, you know, get on board ground level uh, with something that's going to be going on for the next four weeks. And let me tell you what it comes from. I'm going as fast as I can in this introduction. Uh, is it comes from the last week of STIR. In the last week of stir, we talked about uh, from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1, where Peter says, here's what I'm doing in you, and what I believe I'm supposed to do in this church is stir up a sincere mind. Um, and what he means by that is a mind that is honest and unhypocritical, people who make eye contact with uncomfortable truths and deal with the thoughts in their own brain and make sure that they're being honest to themselves and honest in relation to those truths about God. And so several weeks back, as we were really praying about these next four weeks, uh, we really sensed that it needed to pour right out of that, a sincere mind, and talk about our minds. And so that's where we're going uh, today. But it's a difficult thing to kind of deal with, and let me tell you why. Uh, because we are incredibly complex. Uh, this last week, I was, I was working on my car, and uh, I only mention that because of the fact that my shoes are incredibly bright red. And I want you to know that I am a real man, okay? So, so just subtly drop that hint. I was working on my car, this actually truck. Well, let me, let me back up. I and a friend were working, wait, let me back up again. My friend was working on my truck while I stood next to him uh, this, last, this last week. And uh, while he was working on my truck, um, I, was, I, was, I was working along with him, okay? So, so, but I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking how incredibly beautiful this thing is. Not my friend, the truck. But um, how beautiful this thing is that we have created, right? Ingenuity and creativity and God put this in us and we're able to do it. And it's over hundreds of years of, uh, to get to where we are. But we've got like air and, and, and uh, fuel and fire and all of a sudden it creates propulsion. What an incredible thing that we are able to create. And I'm thinking about that in relation to even like rocket engines. Like I am not a rocket scientist, but this last uh, this summer we went to the Cosmosphere I've mentioned to you, which is a... a a museum, and, and as part of that, we were nerding out on, like, all of the space stuff, and as part of that, like, since then, we bought books, and we've been watching documentaries on, 
on the process of design of rocket engines. And, and as, as, as there's, like, there's, there's creativity and then there's, there's thinking things through and then there's like trial and error. And we have now rockets that can blast things into orbit and beyond. And more than that, now the rockets can land themselves. Incredible, incredible. And how it all works together and watching the design process, just beautiful. And yet, our very best with plastics and metal have no comparison to what God did in us. Right? Like, you zero in more and more and more and get to the cellular level, and you've got rocket engines on the cellular level, is what I'm saying. And it is incredible, and you get DNA involved and epigenetics and our ability to change within one generation what we used to think would take forever. We can do in one generation, it turns out, because God built us with the ability to change our DNA from one generation to the next. Incredible, right? And that's just the physical components. We're not even talking about the spiritual stuff yet. Because we are not just physical beings, we are also spiritual. We have an inner man. And God built that too. And it's incredibly complex. And how that all works together, I'm like, I wanted to be able to tell and walk through what it looks like as our inner man. And so I wanted to illustrate it for you today. And so as the only way I could think to do that was with a Venn diagram. <laughs> for those of you who are coming to school, freshmen, Yes, you got a Venn diagram at church. My wife, uh, a while back, was doing a women's Bible study, and she was going through some stuff, and she asked me, hey, would you look this over? And she, I said, you're showing them a Venn diagram? And she goes, yeah. And I said, don't do that. And she goes, no, I have to. And I said, well, don't tell them it's a Venn diagram. Don't say the words Venn diagram. Just do it. So I'm showing you all a Venn diagram. She did it anyways, because <laughs> that's the way it works. Okay, so I'm going to show you a Venn diagram today. And um, there's a reason for it, because I want you to see how incredibly complex we are and how it all works together. So first, I need to illustrate what a Venn diagram is. That's a Venn diagram. And the idea with a Venn diagram is that you can see how things are interrelated and how they're different and all of those sorts of things. Okay, so my wife comes into my um, room this week, and we don't have separate rooms. <laughs> Our room today, uh, this week, and she goes, hey, I need to show you something. But I don't want you to take it the wrong way. Always the beginning of a great conversation. So then she shows me a Venn diagram because we're awesome and we have conversations about Venn diagrams. So here's the Venn diagram. Some of you might have seen this. It's something she found, she showed me, I loved, okay? So the Venn diagram is of, of three types of people. And they are robbers, DJs, and preachers. Okay, so the idea with Vine Denver, you can see what they have in similar, right, some of you have seen this, that's all right. So, so they say things that are similar, robbers and DJs, get on the floor. <laughs> right? You guys with me? You feel how this works with a Venn diagram? You got, okay. DJs and preachers, are you with me? <laughs> are you with me? Okay. Robbers and preachers, give me your money. <laughs> Which is totally what I did today, but whatevs. And the thing that they have all in common, put your hands 
up. So that's a Venn diagram, all right? All right, just getting you started. We just gotta cover this, kinda help you out. All right, next up. So if we tried to build a Venn diagram of what's going on inside of us with our inner man, it is so incredibly complicated in how those things relate. I hope with everything inside of me, you have heard a preacher or a theologian who is better or smarter than I am explain it. Because you've got like your soul and you've got your mind, and then you've got your spirit. Let's make that an ellipse, right? And then you've got um, uh, your, your emotions and your feelings, and you've got your heart. And, and I tried this week to dig into Scripture and see how these things relate, because I wanted to be able to share that with you. And I'm reading Scriptures that are talking about the spirit of your mind, and another one that talks about the mind of the spirit, and I've got verses that talk about it as your mind, and then the very next verse talking about the same thing as your heart, and the same thing as your soul. And you look at all these things, and all I can say is that they are incredibly complex. And so the best I can do is to say that it looks something like this. Heart, mind, soul, uh, spirit. And somebody else can explain it better than me. I'm good with that, all right? Spirit, strength. And then you've got your feelings, right? Feelings and you've got your thoughts, and you've got your, um, uh, your motivations, and then you've got over here, let's say your conscience, right? This is the best I can do with this, right? And quite honestly, I think that's okay. Because when I read Mark chapter 12, verse 30, it does not matter how they relate because they're all focused on one thing. Love God with all of it. Right? That's the best I can do. You want to focus on something with your inner man. Focus on loving God with every bit of it. Your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your conscience, your motivations, your in intentions, all of it. Just focus it on one thing because I cannot dissect it. Here's what's great. I don't have to. Instead, I let God do it. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 says, Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Here's what I see here. What I cannot do, God can. And, and his word can. And his spirit can. And he calls it a sword here. It's really, to me, more of a scalpel because it's he says, here's the illustration. He can cut between the bones and the marrow. I can't do that, but he can. And in the same way, he can separate between the spirit and the soul, right? And more than that, he sees it all. 
Every bit of it is open and laid bare. My intentions, motivations, and thoughts, and emotions, all of it is laid bare. He sees our inner person, our inner man, everything that's going on inside of it, and his word and his spirit can discern what's what inside of us. And here's the thing. He is very interested in what is going on inside of us. The most important thing about any of us in this room is what's happening in our inner life, in our inner man. Okay, so as we're launching into this series, I believe this series is going to be the most important one I've ever preached. I think it's going to be better than what I consider to be the pinnacle of my preaching so far, which was meant for good. I really believe that. But I think this one's going to be better because I can see it aligning. Right? And when you see it aligning, you're like, oh, God, you're going to do something really cool here. So, but I need to lay a little foundation, a little groundwork. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three quick statements. And these would be three sermon points that you could take. And if you take these, I am telling you, you could write them down. Because these things will fundamentally change your life if you just get these things, which are just the foundation for the series. Okay, I'm just laying it out. That's spot on, 100%. And I'm just going to give you these statements, and then I'm going to support it with Scripture, and then we're going to get to the good stuff. Okay, so the stuff I'm starting with is not even the good stuff. But I'm telling you, if you just got this, it will fundamentally change your life. And I'm 100% convinced of it. First is this. God is more interested in changing you than in changing your circumstances. God is more interested in changing you than in changing your circumstances. In fact, he's so interested in it that he will leave you in your circumstances if it will change you. And we get this backwards a lot. Like we think, okay, God, you need to change your, my circumstances. And he says, no, I need to change you. Okay? Let me give you a verse to support this. Because this verse, if you wanted to memorize a verse, this would be the verse to memorize this week. This is an excellent verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Here's what it says. Uh, chapter 4, verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Okay, <laughs> that was good. And if you wanted to make it better, add the next verse too. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 verse se and 17. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. <laughs> That's good, right? That's good stuff right there. Because what this is saying is this. All of the stuff around us, all of our circumstances, which we cannot control, by the way, all of it is passing away. You know the one thing that is not? Your inner life. And so while everything else might be wasting away, 
What's happening inside can be renewed day by day, preparing you for an eternal weight of glory beyond your comprehension. Yeah, write that one down. Hold on to that one. And that thought alone, just the thought that God is more interested in changing you than in changing your circumstances, like that's worth the price of admission in and of it. That's tweetable. Like write that down, tweet it out, put it out there because that's good stuff. If we stop there and I quit preaching today, that would be enough. But I can't because there's more foundation to lay. He's more interested in changing you than in changing your circumstances. The second foundational piece, and this is so important. God is more interested in changing your mind than in changing your actions. And some of you are like, well, you got it backwards if you have a problem with that. Because what I see in Scripture is God wants to change the inner person, the inner man, and then allow that to change the outer man. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25. This is right before, by the way, the prophecy of the valley of the dry bones, which is where God speaks to and says, this is what I'm going to do in Jesus, through Jesus Christ in you. I'm going to raise you up out of those dry bones in the valley, right? I'm going to raise you up out of that. That's, that's where this right before that. He does that in Jesus Christ. Now, this is another prophecy of what he's going to do in Jesus Christ. Here's what it says, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 through 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Do you see the order there? Where does it start? It starts with cleansing, the forgiveness of sins. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, sins are gone in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's past. You are cleansed. You are washed clean. And that's a beautiful thing, but he's not done just there. Now he's going to turn that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. He's going to put his spirit inside of you. And then what comes out of that? Actions. Walking in his ways. It's an inside-out job. We get that backwards, and we think it's an outside-in job. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. He comes along with the ruler. Do better. Do better. Do better. He's not doing that. He's turning you inside-out. He's more interested in the inner person, your mind, than your actions. And boy, I hope your actions change, because that shows that he changed you on the inside. But don't think... That he's going to start with your actions. He's starting right here. He's starting right here. That's how he does it. This week I had an opportunity to visit with one of the most beautiful women that I know. The most beautiful woman I know, of course, is Elizabeth. Okay. But up there is a lady that some of you know and some of you do not. Um, if you don't know her, boy, I wish you did. Her name is Jenny Bedzik. Now, Jenny Bedzik was a pastor's wife for many years and in ministry. And 
She's gotten older. That's what happens to the best of us. I hope it happens to me. She's gotten older, and as a part of that, she's not as strong as she was, and she's not able to come to church anymore. She's, on October 11th, she's going to be turning 96 years old. But Jenny Bedzik is the kind of woman who radiates glory, right? She smiles, and that smile is not plastered on. I mean, that smile comes from the inside out. So I had an opportunity to visit with Jenny this last week, and I, as part of that, she had that same smile on her face. And I, I asked Jenny, I said, Jenny, what can we be praying for you about? What can I be praying for you about? You know what she said? She said, pray that I love Jesus more. And it was not like manufactured piety. What it was was that the, the Spirit of God has been at work within her and turned her heart from a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Her inner person renewed, her inner man renewed day by day. And as she's been renewed day by day, it has prepared her for an eternal weight of glory. She is the type, and maybe I shouldn't say inner man, maybe I should be saying inner woman, right? Because she's the type of person that 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 was written about. 1 Peter 3, 3. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. That was written for Jenny Bedzik. Guaranteed. But you know who else it was written for? You and me. I mean, obviously it was written to women, but boy, this is written to all of us. And, and, and men, like, maybe this is a struggle for you, but women all the time need to contextualize the, the Bible, like, because it's written, like, there's stuff that's, like, talking about your inner man, and they're like, my inner man? I don't want a man. But they have to contextualize it to women. So it's okay one time, men, if we apply something that was written to women to us as well. Okay? Y'all need to work on your inner woman. And do not tweet that out because that will get me a lot of trouble. All right? And if that's too weird for you, like make it, you need to be wearing your inner suit and tie. That's where I'm wearing mine. I'm just more spiritual than you guys, okay? It's in, on the inside. And if you're not a suit and tie guy, like wear your inner skinny jeans. I don't care what you're wearing, but I'm telling you, you got to be more concerned with what's going on on the inside than what's going on on the outside. Why? Because everything outside of us is passing away. Our circumstances cannot be controlled by us, but you know what can, what's going on on the inside. And so we need to make sure that that is a door, whatever you call it, adorned, ordained, adorned with an inner life that is beautiful. Put on your inner lipstick and high heels. You know what I'm saying? It needs to be prettier on the inside than it is on the outside. Okay, so those two things alone will change your life. God is more concerned in changing your heart, your mind, than in changing your actions. Third one, and this one's big. 
Big, B-I-G, big. You are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Let me tell you where I get that from. Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3 says this. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Oh, that's good. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So set your mind on things above. And some of us struggle with this because we're saying you set your mind on the things that are above, like what's going on in heaven. And we say statements like, like okay, uh, if we're too heavenly minded, we won't be too earthly, any earthly good, which is the most bunk statement I have ever heard. And here is why. Because when I was 15 and a half years old, my dad was teaching me to drive. We had to take driver's ed in Wisconsin. You don't have to take it in Missouri, which is why you guys are terrible drivers. But anyways, I was, so as part of that, sorry, 15 and a half years old, my dad's in the passenger seat teaching me to drive. And you know what I hate when people are driving, especially sitting in the back seat, when they overcorrect each way? You know, that kind of thing. I hate that. It like bothers me. But that's what I was doing, 15 and a half. I'm just learning to drive. I drive like at that point, I was driving like people in Missouri. Anyway, so I'm driving, and he's like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. And I, as a good 15 and a half year old, like every 15 and a half, said, yes, Father dear, I will not do what you say. And so, so I'm like, okay. And so I start watching the line that's on the side of the road, thinking that if I'm watching that line, what will happen is it will keep me like going straight. And, and yet it wasn't working. I kept doing it. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching that line. He goes, there's your problem. Stop looking at where you don't want to go. Look straight forward. Look where you do want to go. And then you'll get right on target. See, the problem is when we look at where we don't want to go and keep doing this, it's not going to get any better because we're going to keep going towards that thing. Look at where you do want to go and see what God does in you. So he says, set your mind on things above. C.S. Lewis had a great quote in our small groups this last week. This conversation came up. Our, we have community groups that are getting ready to launch in the fall, and so we have like a leadership group that was meeting. And as we were discussing this idea, this quote from C.S. Lewis came up. I want to share with you today. It's excellent. C.S. Lewis said, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they've become so ineffective in this. Aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Set your mind on things above is what it says. Then in Philippians 3, both of those passages, Colossians 3, Philippians 3, both of them are about our thoughts. And in, in Philippians 3, Peter's ta- Paul's talking about his own thoughts. He's talking about his past and The things that he's left behind, here's what he says in verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Same thing, except he says, I'm not just setting it. Now I'm going to forget it. I'm putting things behind me, and I'm not going to remember those things. So here's what I take from Colossians 3 and Philippians 3. If we can set it, and if we can forget it, that means that we are not our thoughts. 
We are the CEO of our thoughts. We tell our thoughts what to do. If we can set them, if we can forget them, that means we're in charge. So I am the CEO of what's going on inside of here. I choose. My thoughts do not choose for me. You are not your thoughts, but I gotta add to that. I wish I could just leave it there. You are not your thoughts, but your thoughts make you who you are. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Right? Be really attentive to what's going on inside of here. Because what's going on inside of here will come out of there. Right? So what happens in here will affect my life. So I am not my thoughts, but my thoughts will make me who I am. Be the CEO. Be in control. You can't control your circumstances. You might think you could. That's because you're a control freak. And you're spending more time controlling what's going on outside of you and less time controlling on what's going on inside of you. Control what you can control. Do what he says you can do. And then let the circumstances fall where they may. God's got it. So that's the foundation, those three things. God is more concerned in changing you than in your circumstances. He's more concerned in changing your mind than in changing your actions. And your thoughts do not, are not, you are not your thoughts, but your thoughts make you who you are. Okay, that's the foundation. If you wrote those down, those are good things. Now let's get into the really good things. Do you guys remember the good days when trolls were imaginary beings? When they lived under bridges and fairy tales and kept the billy goats gruff, you know? Remember when they were just imaginary creatures that we can tell our kids about in order to control their behavior? <laughs> remember those good days? Yeah, me either. I never would tell my kids there's a troll under their bed, and if they get out of bed, it'll eat them. I would never do that. But that's what all those stories are about. Yeah, there's trolls in the woods. Don't go in the woods. Don't, don't go up on the mountains because there's trolls in the mountains. It's about controlling behavior. Santa Claus is not... Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Santa Claus is about controlling behavior, right? Anyways, do you remember when trolls were imaginary creatures? They're just magical, mythical beings that we would use to kind of teach a lesson. Apparently, that's not the case anymore. Apparently, trolls are real. And some of them speak Russian. It's 2018, folks. I have a friend who several years back on Facebook... Um, decided to post their thoughts on the latest important thing to talk about. And I felt like did it with grace and, and said things in such a way that it was thoughtful. I disagreed. I was on the other side of the issue. But I felt like they did it really, really well. Of course, comment section explodes and most of them are this person's friend, but then right in the middle of it, there's this comment that is so inappropriate, so rude, 
so inconsiderate, so bigoted, that I'm like, what in the world? It was not even somebody that they were friends with. And so this person decided to reply to that comment a little less gracefully, but still graceful, a little less thoughtful, but still thoughtful. And so that person then commented back, even worse, like just in the muck and the mire kind of stuff. So they reply again, again getting worse, and then this guy, or whoever he is, invites in another friend. And before you know it, like this thing goes really sideways on him. You know what that's called? Trolling. Internet trolling. There are people out there whose whole goal is to get an emotional reaction out of us. So they'll drop a comment in and it'll just explode, right? And typically, it's, it's now we've found out that at least some of them are foreign agents. I don't care what you believe about it. It's true. It is the case. Some of them are foreign agents who apparently their whole goal is to cause division in this country, right? So what they do is they, they on both sides of the issue, they're doing this. It's not like they're taking one side over the other. What's, what's actually the data out there is saying both sides. So what they do is they get in on somebody who's on one side of it. They go to the opposite end, and they're so negative, and they're so destructive, and they're so painful, and it's unbelievable that somebody could actually say what that person said. Cause a conversation slash argument, and essentially what they're doing is they're trying to get that person to get down and roll in the mud with them. Okay? And it's called trolling. But I think the goal is actually to then get this person who's on one side of the issue to look at other people that they know are on the other side of the issue and equate that person with somebody they really know. So then it causes us to go to the far end of the spectrum in all kinds of division and all kinds of dissension and all kinds of disunity. Okay? Some of them are apparently foreign agents. And some of them are apparently 40-year-old men with Cheeto fingers living in their mom's basement. Either way, they're trolls. Okay? Doesn't matter. Either foreign agents or the, the Cheeto dude. Okay? And so, as a result, these social media giants, because they're, they're on like these big cultural topics of our day, so there'll be one on immigration. And, and they're talking about illegal aliens. So these social media giants, follow me, these social media giants are fighting against these trolls over aliens. You can't make this stuff up. This is 2018 and we've got real life giants, trolls, and aliens. get refocused. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether these trolls are living in Russia or in their mom's basement. does not matter. They have one goal. To get you to roll in the mud with them. Okay? What if I told you that there are trolls trying to hack your inner life? There's three of them. There are three trolls trying to hack your inner life. And I never thought I would make a main point like that, but 
I better add some scripture to it. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. There are three trolls that are intentionally trying to hack your inner life, the flesh, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Satan, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, and the world in which you once walked following the course of this world. Three trolls that are trying to hack your inner life, the flesh, Satan, and the world. Now, these are not mythical creatures. These are active agents that are seeking to derail your inner life. Two of them are foreign agents, and one of them is a 45-year-old Cheeto-fingered dude living in your basement. Okay? Two are foreign, one's internal. And that might be a lot of information. It might be like, what in the world? Here's the thing. Thanks be to God who has given us the word of God and the spirit of God. And I cannot dissect these things and figure out immediately on my own what emotions, what thoughts, what intentions, what motivations, all of those things. I don't know what's coming from where on my own. But thanks be to God, I have the word of God, which very clearly attacks and addresses each of one of these and gives us the tools necessary to overcome them in our inner lives. Okay? See, I think we think sometimes it's like magical, like we don't know how to control our thoughts and we don't know how to control what's going on inside of us, that it's just kind of out of focus and we can't really figure it out. It's not magical. These are real agents. They're really our trolls and they really are at work within your thoughts and in your emotions and in your motivations. And scripture very clearly addresses each. It's not a matter of hocus. It's a matter of focus. So welcome to Hocus Focus. Here's what we're going to do as part of this series. We've got three weeks, and we're going to address each one of these right in turn and see what the Scripture has to say about overcoming them because the Scripture does talk about overcoming them. And it's really very clear in Scripture. But it starts with a commitment to overcoming the enemy inside. The flesh, Satan, and the world, what are you going to do with your thoughts, essentially? I remember the first time I realized that I am not my thoughts. It was such a monumental moment that to this day I can remember what it felt like. I can remember the smells and the tastes and the feels. Like I can remember it all because it was a huge moment in my life. 
I had just gotten saved a year before. And as part of that, I had a roommate, a dude named Chris. And we were playing ping pong. And the thing about me and ping pong is that I'm the best in this room at it. Okay? Like Dr. Tonlar is like the one person who can hold his own against me. The rest of you don't even have a chance. Okay? It is what it is. I'm not just being honest. So I'm playing ping pong with Chris. We were actually outside. It was an outdoor ping pong table. And we're playing ping pong, and he had, it was not very good. Like, he was getting better, but he wasn't that good. And I'm crushing him, like, destroying him. And I'm playing against him, and, and like, I realized that I could have some fun at his expense. Like, I could hit the ball and make him think that he was doing really good, right? But, like, every time I hit it in one spot, he couldn't do anything about it. Right? So I'd be like, oh, man, you're so good. Bam! <laughs> that same look that was just on your face is totally on his face for a little while. And then he started getting mad. Now, all he needed to do was shift like a foot to the left. And I wouldn't have been able to do that anymore. But I'm, oh, man, you're doing so good. Bam! Oh, man, you're bam, over and over. And he's getting madder and madder and madder. And I'm watching him, and he is full with rage, and it's making me happy on the inside. And I'm like, this is fun. And in that moment, what I realized, I was trolling him, right? Like, I'm just getting him to roll around in his anger and in his rage, and I'm just playing him for a fool. And right in that moment, I still remember exactly what it was like. The Holy Spirit spoke directly to my heart and said, you may be beating him, but you are losing the battle in your own mind. Because what you are doing to him, the enemy is doing to you. And I remember just... In that moment, stopping, repenting, literally repenting out loud. Oh, God, I repent while playing because he wasn't that good and I was so much better than that. <laughs> like, oh, God, I repent because what I was doing to him, the enemy was doing to me. All I had to do was shift a little bit to the left and I could have gotten control of my own mind. But he's playing me for a fool. you know what I did? I said to that thought inside of me, I'm not playing anymore. I'm taking my paddle and I'm going home. You want to know why? Because my home is with Christ in God. Because my thoughts were running my life. And he was playing me for a fool. And some of us are in that exact same place. And you need the Spirit of God to start cutting you open like a scalpel. Saying that thought, that motivation, that intention is not from you. You are being played for a fool. Because here's how I know. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is really very clear. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And yet some of us are going back to the old you. God raised you from the valley of dry bones. And you have allowed the enemy, the trolls inside of you, to call you back down into them. And you've covered yourself in those bones. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are hidden with Christ in God. How in the world would you go back and lay in the bones? See, here's the thing about our thoughts. If you listen closely, you can hear the rattle of the dead bones. Oh, I don't think so, not today. I'm not playing. You see, I put on my inner lipstick and high heels. I'm not going back there again. I'm not climbing back down in that valley again. You want to know why? Because as my outer is wasting away, my inner is being renewed day by day, which is preparing for me the eternal weight of glory. And so I'm not going back. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't you try to get me to stay there and keep playing with you when it's all gone. So some of you have gone back down into the valley. You've allowed yourself to be covered again in dry bones. You are a new creation. Don't go back. You're not that old person anymore. He called you out of that. He put a new heart in you, not stone, but flesh. And he's given you his spirit. And now, as a result, it's from the inside out. It's why it's so important that we do this series, Hocus Focus. Because we think it's all magical, what's going on inside of us, and I can't define it, and I, don't, I can't really get a hold of my thoughts, and I can't control them. I can't really be the CEO of what's going on on the inner man. Are you kidding me? Read scripture. It can cut you open. Divide those things and change you from the inside out. That's what God's promised you. The only way it works is if we allow those trolls say, come around, come low, come back in the valley. Come roll around in the bones with me. Don't play. Take your paddle and go home. Don't allow them, the foreign agents or the 45-year-old in your basement, to tell you what you need to do. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. The series is big because it's not like something we can't control. It's just a matter of focus. It's just a matter of doing what he says to do and it will change your life. Don't go back to the valley. Don't get covered in the bones again. Some of us in here have been delivered. We've been called out. We've been breathed into. We've had flesh put on our bones. But now we've crawled back down. God's calling you out again. He's calling you out again. And some of you have never come out of the valley. 
And God is saying, today is the day. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Today is the day. It's not magic. It's just a matter of allowing the Scripture and the Spirit to cut you open. You're already laid bare before Him. Just become laid bare before yourself. Focus on those things. See what God does in your life. We need to, we need to respond today. Before, before we go into a time of prayer, we'll pray in a moment. And I'm going to invite people to come in just a bit. But first, I just want us to respond to the God who has called us out. The God who said, you are no longer dead bones. You are no longer dry. Don't go back. And today is an opportunity to worship him. So we're going to go back to that song, Tremble. Great words. If you missed them earlier, we need to respond. And then in a bit, I'll give you an opportunity to pray.